Cyrano de Bergerac by Edmund Rostand. Act two continued. De Guiche. Your duel yesterday amused my uncle the cardinal. I might help you there. Lebray. Grand Dieu. De Guiche. I suppose you have written a tragedy. They all have. Lebray. Aside to Cyrano. Now, at last, you'll have it played. Your Agrippine. De Guiche. Why not? Take it to him. Cyrano. Tempted. Really? De Guiche. He is himself a dramatist. Let him rewrite a few lines here and there, and he'll approve the rest. Cyrano. His face falls again. Impossible. My blood curdles to think of altering one comma. De Guiche. Ah, but when he likes a thing, he pays well. Cyrano. Yes, but not so well as I. When I have made a line that sings itself so that I love the sound of it, I pay myself a hundred times. De Guiche. You're proud, my friend. Cyrano. You have observed that. A cadet enters with a drawn sword, along the whole blade of which is transfixed a collection of disreputable hats, their plumes draggled, their crowns cut and torn. Cyrano, see here, look what we found this morning in the street, the plumes dropped in their flight by those fine birds who showed the white feather. Carbon, spoils of the hunt, well mounted, the crowd laughs. Quigy, whoever hired those rascals, he must be an angry man today. Brissaille. Who was it? Do you know? De Guiche. Myself. The laughter ceases. I hired them to do the sort of work we do not soil our hands with. Punishing a drunken poet. Uncomfortable silence. The cadet to Cyrano. What shall we do with them? They ought to be preserved before they spoil— Cyrano takes the sword, and in the gesture of saluting de Guiche with it, makes all the hats slide off at his feet. Sir, will you not return these to your friends? De Guiche. My chair, my porter's here, immediately, to Cyrano, violently. As for you, sir. A voice in the street. The chair of Monsignor le Comte de Guiche. De Guiche, who has recovered his self-control, smiling, have you read Don Quixote? Cyrano. I have, and found myself the hero. A porter appears at the door. Chair ready. De Guiche. Be so good as to read once more the chapter of the windmills. Cyrano. Gravely. Chapter 13. De Guiche. Windmills, remember, if you fight with them. Cyrano. My enemies change, then, with every wind? De Guiche, may swing round their huge arms and cast you down into the mire. Cyrano, or up among the stars. De Guiche goes out. We see him get into the chair. The officers follow, murmuring among themselves. Lebray goes up with them. The crowd goes out. Cyrano, saluting with burlesque politeness those who go out without daring to take leave of him. Gentlemen, Gentlemen, Lebray, as the door closes, comes down, shaking his clenched hands to heaven. You have done it now. You have made your fortune. Cyrano, there you go again, growling. Lebray, 
At least this latest pose of yours, ruining every chance that comes your way, becomes exaggerated. Cyrano. Very well, then I exaggerate. Lebray, triumphantly. Oh, you do. Cyrano. Yes, on principle. There are things in this world a man does well to carry to extremes. Lebray. Stop trying to be the three musketeers in one. Fortune and glory, Cyrano. What would you have me do? Seek for the patronage of some great man, and like a creeping vine on a tall tree, crawl upward, where I cannot stand alone? No thank you. Dedicate, as others do, poems to pawnbrokers. Be a buffoon in the vile hope of teasing out a smile on some cold face? No. Thank you. Eat a toad for breakfast every morning? Make my knees callous and cultivate a supple spine? Wear out my belly groveling in the dust? No thank you. Scratch the back of any swine that roots up gold for me? Tickle the horns of mammon with my left hand, while my right, too proud to know his partner's business, takes in the fee? No thank you. Use the fire God gave me to burn incense all day long under the nose of wood and stone? No, thank you. Shall I go leaping into ladies' laps and licking fingers, or, to change the form, navigating with madrigals for oars, my sails full of the sighs of dowagers? No, thank you. Publish verses at my own expense? No, thank you. Be the patron saint of a small group of literary souls who dine together every Tuesday? No, I thank you. Shall I labor night and day to build a reputation on one song and never write another? Shall I find true genius only among geniuses? Palpitate over little paragraphs and struggle to insinuate my name into the columns of the Mercury? No, thank you. Calculate, scheme, be afraid, love more to make a visit than a poem, seek introductions, favors, influences. No, thank you. No, I thank you, and again, I thank you. But to sing, to laugh, to dream, to walk in my own way and be alone, free, with an eye to see things as they are, a voice that means manhood, to cock my hat where I choose, at a word, a yes, a no, to fight or write, to travel any road under the sun, under the stars, nor doubt if fame or fortune lie beyond the bourne, never to make a line I have not heard in my own heart. Yet, with all modesty to say, my soul, be satisfied with flowers, with fruit, with weeds even, but gather them in the one garden you may call your own. So, when I win some triumph by some chance, render no share to Caesar. In a word, I am too proud to be a parasite, and if my nature wants the germ that grows towering to heaven like the mountain pine, or like the oak, sheltering multitudes. 
I stand not high, it may be, but alone. Lebray, alone, yes, but why stand against the world? What devil has possessed you now to go everywhere making yourself enemies? Cyrano, watching you other people making friends everywhere as a dog makes friends. I mark the manner of these canine courtesies and think my friends are of a cleaner breed. Here comes, thank God, another enemy. Lebray, but this is madness. Cyrano, method, let us say. It is my pleasure to displease. I love hatred. Imagine how it feels to face the volley of a thousand angry eyes, the bile of envy and the froth of fear spattering little drops about me. You, good nature all around you, soft and warm, you are like those Italians in great cowls, comfortable and loose. Your chin sinks down into the folds, your shoulders droop. But I, the Spanish ruff I wear around my throat, is like a ring of enemies, hard, proud, each point another pride, another thorn, so that I hold myself erect perforce, wearing the hatred of the common herd haughtily, the harsh collar of old Spain, at once a fetter and a halo. Lebray, yes. After a silence, he draws Cyrano's arm through his own. Tell this to all the world, and then to me say very softly that she loves you not. Cyrano, quickly, hush. A moment since, Christian has entered and mingled with the cadets, who do not offer to speak to him. Finally, he sits down alone at a small table, where he is served by Lees. A cadet rises from a table upstage, his glass in his hand. Cyrano, your story! Cyrano, presently. He goes up, on the arm of Lebray, talking to him. The cadets come downstage. The cadet... The story of the combat, an example for— He stops by the table where Christian is sitting. This young tadpole here. Christian looks up. Tadpole? Another cadet. Yes, you, you narrow-gutted northerner. Christian. Sir? First cadet. Hark ye, Monsieur de Nevillette. You are to know there is a certain subject. I would say, a certain object— never to be named among us, utterly unmentionable. Christian, and that is, third cadet, in an awful voice, look at me. He strikes his nose three times with his finger, mysteriously. You understand? Christian, why, yes, the fourth cadet, shh, we never speak that word, indicating Cyrano by a gesture. To breathe it is to have to do with him. Fifth cadet speaks through his nose. He has exterminated several whose tone of voice suggested. Sixth cadet, in a hollow tone, rising from under the table on all fours. Would you die before your time? Just mention anything convex or cartilaginous. Seventh cadet, his hand on Christian's shoulder. One word, one syllable, one gesture, nay, one sneeze— 
Your handkerchief becomes your winding sheet. Silence. In a circle around Christian, arms crossed, they regard him expectantly. Christian rises and goes to Carbon, who is conversing with an officer, and pretending not to see what is taking place. Captain. Carbon turns and looks him over. Sir. Christian. What is the proper thing to do when Gascons grow too boastful? Carbon. Prove to them that one may be a Norman and have courage. He turns his back. Christian. I thank you. First cadet. To Cyrano. Come, the story! They all echo. The story! Cyrano comes down. Oh, my story. Well, they all draw up their stools and group themselves around him eagerly. Christian places himself astride of a chair, his arms on the back of it. I marched on, all alone, to meet those devils. Overhead, the moon hung like a gold watch at the fob of heaven, till suddenly some angel rubbed a cloud, as it might be his handkerchief, across the shining crystal, and the night came down. No lamps in those back streets. It was so dark, mordious, you could not see beyond, Christian, your nose. Silence. Every man slowly rises to his feet. They look at Cyrano almost with terror. He has stopped short, utterly astonished. Pause. Cyrano. Who is that man there? A cadet, in a low voice. A recruit, arrived this morning. Cyrano takes a step toward Christian. A recruit, Carbon, in a low voice. His name is Christian de Neuville. Cyrano, suddenly motionless. Oh. He turns pale, flushes, makes a movement as if to throw himself upon Christian. I controls himself, and goes on in a choking voice, I see. Very well. As I was saying, with a sudden burst of rage, Mordius, he goes on in a natural tone. It grew dark. You could not see your hand before your eyes. I marched on, thinking how, all for the sake of one old souse, they slowly sit down, watching him who wrote a body song whenever he took, Christian, a nosefall. Everyone rises. Christian balances himself on two legs of his chair. Cyrano, half-strangled, took a notion whenever he took a notion. For his sake I might antagonize some dangerous man, one powerful enough to make me pay, Christian, through the nose. Cyrano wipes the sweat from his forehead. Pay the piper. After all, I thought, why am I putting in my, Christian, nose, Cyrano, my oar. Why am I putting in my oar? The quarrel's none of mine. However, now I am here, I may as well go through with it. Come, Gascon, do your duty. Suddenly, a sword flashed in the dark. I caught it fair, Christian, on the nose, Cyrano. On my blade. Before I knew it, there I was, Christian, rubbing noses, Cyrano, pale and smiling, crossing swords with half a score at once. I handed one, Christian, a nosegay, Cyrano, leaping at him. Ventre saint gris! The Gascons tumble over each other to get a good view. 
arrived in front of Christian, who has not moved an inch, Cyrano masters himself again and continues. He went down. The rest gave way. I charged, Christian, nose in the air, Cyrano. I skewered two of them, disarmed a third, another lunged, paff, and I countered, Christian, piff, Cyrano, bellowing. Tonnerre! Out of here, all of you! All the cadets rush for the door. First cadet. At last, the old lion wakes. Cyrano. All of you, leave me here alone with that man. The lines following are heard brokenly in the confusion of getting through the door. Second cadet. Bigre. He'll have the fellow chopped into sausage. Ragano. Sausage. Third cadet. Mincemeat, then. One of your pies. Ragano. Am I pale? You look white as a fresh napkin. Carbon, at the door. Come. Fourth cadet. He'll never leave enough of him to— Fifth cadet. Why, it frightens me to think of what will— Sixth cadet, closing the door. Something horrible beyond imagination. They're all gone, some through the street door, some by the inner doors to right and left. A few disappear up the staircase. Cyrano and Christian stand face to face a moment and look at each other. Cyrano. To my arms. Christian. Sir? Cyrano. You have courage. Christian. Oh, that. Cyrano. You are brave. That pleases me. Christian. You mean... Cyrano. Do you not know I am her brother? Come. Christian. Whose? Cyrano. Hers. Roxanne. Christian. Her brother? You? Hurries to him. Cyrano. Her cousin. Much the same. Christian. And she has told you? Cyrano. Everything. Christian. She loves me. Cyrano. Perhaps. Christian takes both his hands. My dear sir, more than I can say, I am honored. Cyrano. This is rather sudden. Christian. Please forgive me. Cyrano holds him at arm's length, looking at him. Why, he is a handsome devil, this fellow. Christian. On my honor, if you knew how much I have admired. Cyrano. Yes, yes. And all those noses which... Christian. Please, I apologize. Cyrano. Change of tone. Roxanne expects a letter. Christian. Not from me. Cyrano. Yes, why not? Christian. Once I write, that ruins all. Cyrano. And why? Christian. Because, because I am a fool, stupid enough to hang myself. Cyrano. But no, you are no fool. You call yourself a fool. There's proof enough in that. Besides, you did not attack me like a fool. Christian. Bah, anyone can pick a quarrel. Yes, I have a sort of rough and ready soldier's tongue. I know that. But with any woman, paralyzed, speechless, dumb, I can only look at them, yet sometimes, when I go away, their eyes... Cyrano. Why not their hearts, if you should wait and see? Christian. No, I am one of those I know, those men who never can make love. Cyrano. Strange. Now it seems I, if I gave my mind to it, I might perhaps make love well.
Christian. Oh, if I had words to say what I have here, Cyrano. If I could be a handsome little musketeer with eyes, Christian. Besides, you know, Roxanne, how sensitive. One rough word and the sweet illusion, gone. Cyrano. I wish you might be my interpreter. Christian. I wish I had your wit. Cyrano. Borrow it, then. Your beautiful young manhood, lend me that, and we two make one hero of romance. Christian. What? Cyrano. Would you dare repeat to her the words I gave you day by day? Christian. You mean... Cyrano. I mean Roxanne shall have no disillusionment. Come, shall we win her both together? Take the soul within this leathern jack of mine and breathe it into you. Touches him on the breast. So, there's my heart under your velvet now. Christian. But, Cyrano. Cyrano. But, Christian, why not? Christian. I'm afraid. Cyrano. I know. Afraid that when you have her all alone, you lose all. Have no fear. It is yourself she loves. Give her yourself put into words. My words. Upon your lips. Christian. But, but your eyes, they burn like... Cyrano. Will you? Will you? Christian. Does it mean so much to you? Cyrano, beside himself. It means... Recovers. Changes tone. A comedy. A situation for a poet. Come. Shall we collaborate? I'll be your cloak of darkness, your enchanted sword, your ring to charm the fairy princess. Christian. But the letter. I cannot write. Cyrano. Oh, yes. The letter. He takes from his pocket the letter which he has written. Here. Christian. What is this? Cyrano. All there, all but the address. Christian, I... Cyrano, oh, you may send it. It will serve. Christian, but why have you done this? Cyrano, I have amused myself, as we all do, we poets, writing vows to Chloris, Phyllis, any pretty name. You might have had a pocketful of them. Take it, and turn to facts my fantasies. I loosed these loves like doves into the air. Give them a habitation and a home. Here, take it. You will find me all the more eloquent, being insincere. Come, Christian. First, there must be a few changes here and there. Written at random, can it fit Roxanne? Cyrano. Like her own glove. Christian. No, but... Cyrano. My son, have faith. Faith in the love of women for themselves. Roxanne will know this letter for her own. Christian throws himself into the arms of Cyrano. They stand embraced. My friend. The door upstage opens a little. A cadet steals in. The cadet. Nothing. A silence like the tomb. I hardly dare look. He sees the two. What? The other cadets crowd in behind him and see. The cadets. No, no. Second cadet, mon dieu! The musketeer slaps his knee. Well, well, well. Carbon, here's our devil, Christianized. Offend one nostril, and he turns the other. The musketeer, 
Now we are allowed to talk about his nose. Calls. Hey, Lise, come here. Affectedly. What a horrid smell. What is it? Plants himself in front of Cyrano and looks at his nose in an impolite manner. You ought to know about such things. What seems to have died around here? Cyrano knocks him backward over a bench. Cabbage heads. Joy. The cadets have found their old Cyrano again. General disturbance and curtain.